0: Hey everyone, it's Josh here, and you're listening to Marketing Major, a podcast created to help students get a more local, modern, and exciting take on the marketing world. Alright, so today on the podcast, we have a really exciting episode. I actually put on my Lululemon pants for this episode. Uh, You'll understand why in just a bit, but if you listen to our episode with Heather Thompson on retail and marketing... You might remember that she mentioned how companies like Lululemon retain talent by advancing your career really quickly, or if you're really special, like our guest today, they'll create an entirely new position just for you. So I'd like to welcome on the podcast today, local social storyteller for Lululemon, Sophia, how do you say your last name? It's Guzios. Okay, there you go. Perfect. (laughs) She has worked on some of the crazy, exciting projects such as Edmonton 10K this summer, Seaweeds in Vancouver and Lululemon's first loyalty program only in Edmonton and she's also creating and managing at Lululemon Yeg to facilitate grassroots marketing. So we've got a lot of stuff to cover on this podcast so welcome Sophia. Thank you. So I think a lot of, a lot of or the first question that students might have for you, uh, myself included, is how did you land such a killer job at Lululemon? Um,
1: yeah, so five years ago, I started at Lululemon, and I started working in a store as a key leader at Southgate, and um, six months later, they transferred me to White Ave. I had a lot of interest in like community involvement, and uh, it was just more of a, we call it a maven store, so... Um, just being able to focus more on those types of initiatives. Um, So, yeah, so I transferred over there, and um, six months after that, I found myself into this local social storyteller role that you were speaking about um and i've been in it for the past four years so um yeah i had actually just had like a really keen interest in social media and i kind of identified um something in the way that we were using social media as a company locally and i was like guys we need a local instagram and they're like no shut it down like we don't we, like we do this as a, as like a you know, on like a larger global level, right. yeah. and so they weren't having it. And then um, they were like, just kidding. Do you want a job? <laughs> I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's how that started. And I actually started my role as a social storyteller. Um, it was called a hybrid role, so I was half in a store and half um, working with like the global social media team. Okay. At that time. And um, yeah, so I was one of, uh, I was the the first and soon after Calgary was onboarded and then San Francisco and now we're a team of nine all over North America.
0: Wow, that's really cool. So is that, that's like a local social media group kind of?
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we're the local social storytellers for North America. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: a, that's <laughs> a really cool name for the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that title, local social storyteller, it's kind of a tongue twister, but it seems to cross both like the digital and social paths. Like you said, that you manage the local social media channels in Edmonton, and then you also support the city with a localized digital strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the podcast, we had a content writer from a marketing and communications agency, and they mentioned how social media is just kind of one of those ways that you can get your message out there digitally. And they sometimes think of digital and social as the same, but sometimes it's different depending on. Like what your campaign involves Mm -hmm. Uh, so I'm wondering with your role like how much effort do you focus on social media and then with that like what other tactics do you use on digital to kind of complement the social media
1: yeah no that's a good question so a lot of so my role started as social media so um, at a local level, all stores, so th- we have 300 plus stores, every single store has a Facebook page. And there's only nine cities in North America who have Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, and now we also have a Strava Club as well. So, oh, okay, yeah, I was uh, wondering how
0: that worked because I, I do see like the Lululemon like White Ave account and stuff like
1: mm-hmm. that, but. Yes, yeah. So because my role was so specific to social media channels, it actually only just started to like branch out into more of a digital marketing role. And so that actually just only became organic through the types of projects that we were working on. So, for example, um, the Edmonton 10K is kind of where, you know, we were given these opportunities where, okay, there's like this bridge between social and digital marketing, Who's gonna do it? <laughs> and then it just kind of, you know, through cross-functional partners and who we were working with, whether it was like at a local level or in at head office, you know, we were able to kind of like put on these like different hats to be like, okay, while it's not my job to create the website that it, you know, whatever is the registration is gonna live on, I could actually help and advise in like ways that it makes most sense for our channel to drive to it, or you know what else needs to be on that website in order to drive back to our channels and things like that.
0: Okay, Uh, so let's move on to one of your, I guess it would be your first project at Lululemon, at Lululemon Yag would be your Mm -hmm. first project as a local social storyteller. Yeah. And it's kind of an interesting one because you you actually created the account and where it sits right now, like the follower accounts are pretty impressive. Like Instagram has like 20,000 followers and that seems to be one of your, bigger accounts like Mm -hmm. probably similar followers to our group but uh no big deal (laughs) i think we have like we have like 200 on instagram so (laughs) but uh yeah exactly yeah but Mm -hmm. during that time when you first started off it's kind of seemed like four years ago that was kind of when instagram was really gaining traction over like the other social media accounts and um it, it turned out to be your most popular channel just the way the followers worked but i'm also wondering like What other factors played into creating this local channel for Lululemon in Edmonton? Because like you said, it was was something that was unique and and now you guys are like a a group of local social, social storytellers, but it wasn't always that way.
1: Totally, yeah. Um, So what's interesting is that, yes, I think from the outside, Instagram looks like it's our most popular channel for sure. And I think if you think of how people engage with Instagram, it's just like, yeah, follow, follow, follow. I think that's just how people use it. Just like double tap. Totally, yeah. Yeah. And almost in like a mindless way too sometimes, I think. Yeah, that's true. You know? Um, So I think the one thing with Instagram is interesting because like you can – get just as many followers as you can lose them, too. Yeah, for sure, Instagram. I think that that's just the nature of Instagram, too, though. It's just going to it's going to be the more... I think when you measure them up against every other channel. Um, but what we've learned in Edmonton specifically is that our Facebook channel is actually where we get the most engagement. Okay. Like, we saw that with, like, specific events that have come up, like uh, the 10K, um, like, we just saw... A reach of so many in with our um, Facebook event and way more than we did with uh, with it on Instagram like the posts that we made on Instagram weren't as I mean I think it's also like a visual thing too you know you have to consider what you're putting out there and are people liking without reading or are yeah, they you know that's true so um, so yeah that's super interesting yeah cuz we haven't
0: we haven't really talked about like the social media, like analytics, I guess, but Mm -hmm. what, what do you guys use for when you talk about engagement? Like, what are you comparing between the channels?
1: So, um, because I have a whole team of people who also use the exact same channels as me, it's, I feel, um, I mean, it's, it's really awesome because I can kind of use other cities as benchmarks. So like, oh, cool. Like this is what, you know, is was performing really well in Toronto. Um, and At the time of 10K, that was kind of like my um, comparison mark for the most part because... Of course, they were doing the exact same thing, so it made sense. But we are very different markets. Yeah. Um, so while Instagram worked really, really well for them, Facebook is where we were seeing, like, a ton of traction. So they had put out the event um, on their Facebook, and they had a reach, I think, over the period of time that we did as well. They had a reach of 20,000, and ours had a reach of over 300,000. <laughs> like, it was insane. Yeah, that I honestly insane. was like, I don't, like, it's I didn't... Like-
0: is that like a third of the population of Edmonton?
1: Honestly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it was it was so crazy. And like, you know, we, you know, there's no secrets to, you know, what I put out. It's, it's all in an, like an organic way. It's not, you know, um, there's like no hidden anything to it. So, you know, it, it reached the amount of people that it did. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Um, you know, we use certain tools. So something that we use, it's called Sprinkler. Um I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. Um but basically it just allows us to I mean like there's things like Hootsuite where you know you oh, can Oh, it's you like know,
0: similar to that.
1: Similar. Yeah, but on like steroids. Oh, <laughs> <really>? like, yeah. <laughs> so, um we're able to post and engage and manage basically every single channel of ours in one place. And then we can also um schedule everything that we need.
0: And then uh as a follow up to that question when you were first starting out, kind of like creating content and trying to grow that organic growth, like I think the amount of success that you've had is pretty, it's pretty rare nowadays too. Because I think a lot of, a lot of companies struggle at getting their organic growth to take off. Where, mm-hmm. luckily, like, Lululemon's interesting and it's something that you you want to follow and engage with. But I think there's also there must be some major lessons that you learned too while trying to grow these channels.
1: Totally, yeah. I think for one is like. You know, um, there was a period of time where we said, like, no product on Instagram. Like, we're not, this is community-based. This is, we're sharing the stories of our ambassadors. We are, we, people aren't shopping on Instagram. And then, fast forward, uh, yeah. and that's all that people use Instagram yeah. for now. So, super interesting because, um, you know, I work locally with, like, our regional manager. And, um, you know, she's amazing in so many ways and knows like the Alberta business, like the back of her hand and is just so attuned to that. Um, So I feel really lucky being able to work so closely with her um, because, you know, she's just such a champion for like what she believes in. And so um, at a time when we were like, no, no product on our channels, we actually developed a strategy for like how product could show up locally. And because of that strategy, then we took it like program wide. And now we for the past two years have done local photo shoots like every single month now um so we shoot all of our ambassadors locally um all the photo shoots that you see like on our channels are all done like in our cities um sometimes we share assets just because you know we need to share the love and don't all have so much time on our hands but yeah we um are willing to work together to figure something out and you know i've I think that it's um, really great that you know they're also not like quick to shut it down and be like, no, that's not what we're doing. We actually are, you know, in the business of like just hearing one another out and being able to like support one another.
0: I liked how you guys you made it local in a sense that you you took the product and put it on like with a local lens. So yeah, I think totally. that would help with engagement too because it's not just like you see a lot of the stuff, even if, like the remarketing tactics where. On your page, it shows up on the side. It's just like a white background with like what you've already been looking at. So totally. it's like it's not the most engaging <laughs> thing. But yeah, yeah, the photo shoot thing is a really good idea.
1: Yeah, yeah, that definitely helped for sure. Um, I think also um, just learning what is, you know, actually listening and seeing like what people are engaging with. Um, so again, like, okay. Yes, we have a lot of followers on Instagram, but also how are we driving those Instagram followers to like Facebook or how are we driving our Facebook engaged guests back to, um, you know, Instagram so that they're being like so that they're also really engaged. Another cool one, too, is that, you know, looking at Instagram and looking at the grid differently than you do like your Instagram stories which i think is super cool too because it gives you an opportunity to also just differentiate your content in a in like a cool way um you know okay cool like what does your grid asset look like that is driving to like your more in-depth like drawn out uh experience but also for us For Lululemon, at least, Um, you know, we do, we put on a lot of experiences for different groups of people, um, even, you know, like for our ambassadors or for our teams. And so one of the challenges that I always face is like, how do I make this seem like it's not like an exclusive thing um because yes we are putting on these like really unique experiences for people but for someone who's watching it at home they're like cool i'm not there i didn't get invited yeah, yeah so true. you know so that's something that i always like a challenge that i always face i'm like okay like how is this going to show up in a way that people are like oh cool i learned something at least you know like i wasn't there but i am able to take xyz away
0: and that happens, does that happen more on your stories? Like the kind of like yeah. background look of?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say that stories are definitely because, you know, people are like, we're putting on this like super cool event for runners. I'm like, okay, cool. That's great. And like, what's our goal with it? Because, you know, just because it, this super rad event is happening, you know, that we're putting it on doesn't mean that it has to show up on our Instagram stories, like plastered, like in the moment that it's happening. But rather, what are the cool things that we can like take out from it? Is there, you know, an ambassador who can, you know, give winter run tips, um, you know, back to people so that they are learning something too. And they're not just like, Oh, I missed out on this event.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. Because you're you're adding value to someone who can't be there. Whereas like, I think sometimes It's just like a habit of social media when you're flipping through and you see people doing really cool stuff. You kind of just like, you almost feel bad about it, so...
1: Totally, especially like we live in that world right now. I'm conscious of it, even just like in my own personal self. (laughs) Like, it's, you know, it's such such a trend right now for people to just, you know... Um, you know, there's a lot of talks about, like, detoxes and, like, you know, how you're actually just, like, creating, like, time for yourself. Um, so, yeah, rather than, I think, like, feeding into that more, like, negative side of things, like, how are we actually leveraging this as, like, a learning opportunity for people?
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's 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 a really cool point. So in, in terms of organic growth, uh, what what's the importance of thinking beyond who's just going to be seeing that content in terms of like the longer term growth. Like you mentioned how uh, Lululemon's like Lululemon at YAG has grown like consistently over time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a huge part of that, I would say, is, um, you know, for example, our holiday campaign, do our store teams, our educators have what they need to be able to powerfully share um, and get excited about sharing what our holiday campaign is? Um, So, you know, do they have the hashtag? Have they, um, you know read all like the one pagers that you know they have access to (laughs) and then our ambassadors are a huge part of that too you know are they grounded in what um our holiday campaign is this year and then um another piece of that would also be you know if i'm working on like a jackets and outerwear campaign with an elite athlete we've gone to the mountains and we've shot the jacket um you know then when i received those photos back from the photographer i would then send them to the athlete and be like hey these are you know all the photos that we shot here are here's the jacket name that you were wearing here's the location that we were at um you know if it makes sense to you you're more than welcome to share them um so i think like setting up other people to share on your behalf and create you know user-generated content is going to be huge in being able to support um organic growth for sure
0: yeah it's it sounds like it's not um, they talk about marketing evolving from like a set it and forget it to more <laughs> of like a, con, a consistent thing and that that seems like even in the digital and the social work that you do it's it's a lot more about strategizing like how this is gonna work In like every aspect
1: totally yeah yeah yeah. what are the effects beyond just our channels for sure yeah
0: so another really interesting Edmonton specific uh, campaign that Lululemon launches called Lululemon practice and for listeners who haven't heard of this it's the first ever loyalty program for Lululemon customers and it's actually just starting off in Edmonton it's not like any basic um, loyalty program where it's like a stamp card or something like that it's more focused around unique experiences and it's actually only open to 3,000 people and it may not even come back next year in the same capacity, or if at all, because it's just a pilot project. Uh, So to start us off on this topic, uh, Sophia, can you explain from the customer's perspective what this loyalty program looks like and kind of the strategy behind it?
1: Yeah, so the idea of the loyalty program was, I mean, to give back what we have as employees access to. So um, you think of the culture piece that we get Um, so there's a personal development aspect to it Um, sweat we get to sweat in the city and so now do our loyalty members and um, access to product so um, when you sign up for the loyalty program you get a box sent to you with a pair of pants or shorts um, that have like a specific it's like a special like lululemon edmonton uh, graphic on them and um, and you also get access to product earlier, so um, you know you'll get email sent to you um, a little earlier than everyone else does. Um, you'll get access to collections um, and like specific uh, drops that we have um, that are you know unique to certain markets. Or something. Uh, and then
0: so I guess in addition to this, or with the point of this podcast, it's kind of to highlight certain interesting parts of what Edmonton that students might not know or think of. And it's really interesting for this project how, like, Lululemon could have gone to Vancouver or Toronto, but they they ended up deciding that Edmonton was the place to start this. And, um, yeah, just kind of curious about how Edmonton became the place to start this program.
1: Yeah, and it... It wasn't by any you know like surprise at all. I mean, I think for us, you know, having access to what we do as employees, um, Edmonton is one of the most loyal Lululemon guests outside of Vancouver. (laughs) So it, I mean, Alberta in general too. So um, yeah, it's. I think that it is super special that we are being able to give back to our guests here because you know there are aspects of our job that. I think that our guests would love beyond our product there's you know the personal development and the culture side of things so like vision and goals and um you know the whole like tagline of this is like live your best life so um you know I, everyone wears our leggings and they're you know walking around in our product all the time but i think that there's like a culture piece to it that you know i think people are also gonna love
0: and with this lululemon practice it's interesting too because you have say like 35,000 total followers and you probably a lot more too in Edmonton based on who sees the content. But how did you manage how only 3,000 people actually get to join? And then it's also like a pilot project and there was probably just like a lot of uncertainties too when you try to figure out like yeah. how to get the message out there.
1: Totally, yeah. There was a lot of uncertainty. I would say from a marketing perspective, I think... I mean, it, it made sense that we were going to market um, through social media. Um, we also wanted to look at um, you know, how it was going to show up on our website for people who lived in Edmonton as well, um, and email. So those were our biggest, um, our three biggest ways. And then, of course, um, in stores, so everyone... Um, In stores, no matter which store you went to in the city, I'm sure there's probably, like, balloons everywhere. And there was, like, a big display case just kind of, like, showing you a sneak peek of what you would get in your box, like, when it arrived. And so when it came to planning how we were going to speak to, um, you know, those 3,000 people, I think that it was easier in the beginning because we were... I mean, we have such a huge audience, a bigger art audience um, to be able to market to. And then I think that it was more so because the registration process was only open for so long. So you had until I believe it was October 31st or something like that. Um, it was the end of October that you had to register. So as many people as registered in that time, um, we, weren't, we were going to stop essentially talking about the program on our channels, because at that point, there's only 3,000 people, and we have an audience that is much larger than that. Um, So that conversation just kind of becomes not really relevant for everyone else. So then we just needed to look at ways that, okay, how are we going to talk to these 3,000 people on a more regular basis? So we came down to email, um, and then their online account um, space being the two main most, uh, like, that they can go to to get their information.
0: Yeah, that's that's an interesting kind of strategy because even if you were to post the content of the Lululemon practice onto like social, it would kinda add it would add to that negative aspect of social media where you're you're actually like maybe you missed that October you totally. like for our I... listeners they might be kinda of bummed that they can't get in on that. Yeah.
1: But, <laughs> yes. but like
0: in that sense you're not actually adding to it and it probably generates that more like organic, like, oh well, you didn't hear about this, like Mm -hmm. You can join, like, next year.
1: Exactly. Well, and I think, yeah, because we had mentioned that, you know, we don't know – what will happen next year, I think that this is such a huge learning phase for us. And at the time that we were also launching our the Lululemon practice in Edmonton, um, our new CEO was also coming in. And he comes from Sephora, who has like the best loyalty program out there. Um, and so I think what will be interesting is, you know, what we learn based on, you know, I think like senior leaders like what they have to say as well and being able to fine tune something that is actually going to be like really, really great for people in years to come. So, you know, what is available this year might be amazing and might be what just what people want, but it might also be not what they want, so I think that we're just super open and wanting to, people to just share their feedback, which I think also is another reason why having limiting channels for them to be able to share their feedback might be a better thing, um, because we all know. I think like s- having vast number of social media channels, I think opens up a lot of opportunity for people to just go crazy and just share all their opinions, which has its positive and negatives for sure.
0: Yeah. I- you're not supposed to read the YouTube comments.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: Uh, so let's move on to another interesting project. And especially because I bet you a few students probably participate in the Edmonton 10K this summer. It seemed like a pretty big deal too for Edmonton to host this because you have like the Seawees in Vancouver, which is like the biggest yeah. one. And then you said that Toronto had one the year prior and then this year is kind of just Toronto and Edmonton. Yes. On top of that Seawees. Can you talk about, like, how your team approached this event and what strategy you use from, like, a digital marketing perspective?
1: Yeah, yeah. What was really cool, so I've been a part of three 10Ks now. So I went to Toronto the first year that it was in um, Toronto, which was the most, I think, I mean, for planning a 10K race. I didn't realize just how much we were just, like, scrapping it together but it was I think it was it was very again like it's just like such an amazing learning opportunity so then they came back another year and they're like we're gonna um, do this in one other city so they covered east and west with um, Edmonton and Toronto and so then I got to participate in both events in both cities again and I think marketing this and I think that this is where it started to come in like okay my role is social media but then it's also figuring out how social media impacts all the other avenues and channels as well. So I could be talking about one strat or one of you know the content streams that I've built into during the 10K race, which you know I had gone through and I'm like, okay, what are things that people are gonna want to learn about running a 10K? A 10K is one more attainable I think than a half marathon. So more people are probably gonna be like, I can totally do a 10K race.
0: Yeah, because seaways is the half 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 yeah. marathon, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, people are, I think are a little bit more inclined to do something like a ten k on like a shorter t- t- like notice, um, and want to do it with all their friends. So, um, you know, we had to think of, okay, so what are the things that people need to know about running a 10K? Well, we have ambassadors who can, you know, um, that we can leverage so that they know how to prepare for this race. They need to know, like, the logistics about this race. So, you know, what's the route? What, um, where's bag drop-off? Where can they go and cheer? So I worked with basically every single pillar of the event from the pre-race to the post-race. And so I basically took, I would sit in on, like, every single one of their meetings and just, like, be like, okay, this could be an Instagram story. Um, You know, this post this day is going to be driving to this. Um, So just thinking, like, cross-channel as well. But then also trying to figure in, like, okay, how is that also plugging into, like, the emails that are being sent out? And when does that email need to be sent? Because then it needs to line up with, like, when my Instagram story is going live, too.
0: That's why you're the sprinkle it's
1: sprinkler, sprinkler. Yeah, that's why
0: it's on steroids. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. And all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that sounds like
0: a lot of work. <laughs> and then in terms of like content buckets, you said that you like created these content buckets. And mm-hmm. I'm wondering, what's the thinking behind like these content buckets that you created? I guess you could share like an example of the buckets. And
1: then- Yeah, yeah. So for, um, for the 10K, my, you know, I had to like build a strategy and present it, and be like, this is what we're going to be talking about, and these are all the different ways, these are who I'm going to involve, um, and this is when it's going to happen. So I build this like PowerPoint deck, and that's like how it all gets thought out. Um, but basically, I think first with content streams, so or content buckets, if you will. Um, and so one bucket will be, let's say, product. The next bucket will be um, ambassadors. Um, the next bucket will be service content, um, and then the fourth bucket, you know, will be any like, um, like probably like the like need to know information, like the day of type of information. So I go back to each of those um, buckets, and then I start to build like my strategy from there. I know that you know for product, okay, I will look back to figure out like who is my partner for. The product that is going to be coming, so there's like two pieces of it. I know that we're getting product for the 10k, and I also know that our guests are going to want run gear for this race. Right. So then I kind of branch off into two other things. Okay, so we know I can work into the product that's dropping, I can plan some product photo shoots um, that can, you know, get people equipped for the race. I can then um, filter in some, you know, store walkthroughs with Instagram stories and people talking about why they love these, you know, run shorts the most or whatever. And then, and then I'll go back and figure out with like a product calendar, like, okay, this is when the, um, you know, a uh, special edition product is gonna be dropping in store. Guests are gonna to wanna to know about that and I wanna make sure that they know like when it's dropping, what time, and we just kinda of, like build hype around that. So that's kind of one example, I guess. Yeah, no,
0: that, that makes sense. You pretty much touched on it, but in terms of social content, we, we talked about like creating great content. I'm wondering like, what out of all the elements that make great content, what are the most important?
1: In your- what are the most important?
0: Like elements of great.
1: Elements of great content. Okay, so I would say, holistically you want to consider your photo in your copy like like it's so plain and simple but your photo should be what is you know capturing like stopping someone in their tracks to want to read and then the, your copy should also just speak back to that so I think you know I can also speak to like something that's disengaged where you know you see a really great photo but then you're like the like, the content that you're, like, any of the copy that you're reading, you're, like, it's very, like, it doesn't even relate to the photo at all. Yeah. Or it, I'm, like, I'm just, like, confused by it. It doesn't really, or, like, the copy's really, really great, and, like, the photo's a dead or something like that, you know? <laughs> like Or, like, you missed all the content because the photo you just, like, scrolled right past. So I think, you know, you want to consider, um, like, for us, I know, um, you know, if I really want to make sure that people are stopping in their tracks, and I know that the stores are working on something, so for example, the practice, let's say, we were sent, uh, I was sent assets from the team, so there's a loyalty Um, like a Lululemon practice team at head office that works with um, the specialist in Edmonton. And they're like, yeah, we're gonna package everything up for you. Don't worry, you'll have everything you need, which is great for me. I can continue working on everything else that I'm working on and then they can just send me everything. Um, But oftentimes because we're sent that content, it typically doesn't perform very well. There's not familiar faces for people to see. And I think people just know that it like wasn't created locally. There was um, a point in time where they're like, we need to like push out, we want to push out another um, reminder for registration. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't really have, like, I don't have, they, they didn't have the assets to support it. And I was like, well, I was like, we decided that we would do something locally. And so the stores had kind of like already um, created these like beautiful installations in their stores. They're like all the chalkboards in the store, like their community boards had like Lululemon practice all over them. And I was like, you know what, let's just take a photo of the store and just put it in the grid um, and we'll drive back to registration. And so that out of all of the posts that we did about Lululemon practice, that performed the best out of every single one. And I think it was also because it was something that they recognized and that they knew. And for whatever reason, I like, we can post photos of the inside of our stores over and over and over again. And it just, they're the highest liked photos always. Um, so yeah, so I think like something that people actually care about and people are actually going to like be genuinely jazzed to not only like it, but also read.
0: I think that's kind of a, an interesting topic too, like with taking pictures of the store, cause it's giving people something that is different in the sense that no one else can, recreate that and they've also been there and totally. i feel like a lot of people now are creating content on things like Canva or like you know like things that yes. there's like stock images and like yeah. everyone has like similar looking if it's like quotes yeah. on Instagram they all look like totally
1: similar. so yeah. it's kind
0: of like a tough one to figure out how you're going to add something that's going to they call it this is a dumb word but they call it uh is it finger finger stopping,
1: oh, yeah. finger <laughs> like stopping.
0: stops you from, cro- from scrolling so
1: stops your finger right in yeah. yeah that's so funny um I I think that also brings up something super interesting uh, about um how there are programs or apps or whatever it is out there um that are trying to make Instagram stories more curated and I'm like Instagram stories are supposed to be raw, like they are. And I've, you know, kind of played between that. We've, you know, as a brand have talked about that so often of like, okay, like, is this actually just something that people just want to see like the behind the scenes? and you can just drop the you know the curtain and not it doesn't have to be so perfect all the time I think that's something that I often watch out for is you know brands that are you know making these super curated really like put together Instagram stories and I'm like I know that that took you so much time
0: yeah we even had uh one of the episodes that we did with like creating great content we talked about Nike and their production value of like their their stories and the, yeah uh, the amount of effort that they put into it and
1: totally it's
0: it's crazy because it's not even like you said like it's not even close to being raw it's like
1: yeah it's the exact opposite yeah <laughs> which is so interesting to me because you know I think that that's I feel you know really lucky that I get to actually create like really um, unique content and can bring in you know people whether it's like from the stores or um you know bringing their faces on the camera and um like introducing them i think you know our guests shop have shopped at our stores for like 20 years they know everyone at our stores and our employees have also been at the stores for a very long time so you know it's not like there's like a super high turnover where they're like I don't know that person like they right. go to Ed every single day and they know that person <laughs> <laughs> um so I think that that's super special too um but yeah no that is a good point about like that highly curated um yeah content sometimes I'm like I just I'd be super curious to know like how what what their analytics are on their side
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no kidding So if you could give students a piece of advice from where you are today, say back when you were in school, like you took graphic design at at Mm -hmm. McEwen, and if you could give one piece of advice knowing what you know today, uh, what would that advice be?
1: Yeah, I just had um, my manager was like, I want you to talk to this guy because he has a very interesting job. I was like, okay. So I literally emailed him and he was like, yeah, totally cool. He used to like work for Vice and now he works for Lululemon. And he was like, just the coolest dude. He (laughs) is a brand strategist and he, it's a completely new role. It's, he's six months new. And he was like, he's like, just be curious. He's like, I, Just, he's like, I had no idea where anything would lead me, but he's like, as long as you're curious about anything, he's like, I think that it would help you, like, in the long run, always. Um, And, yeah, he was just, like, such, like, a rad dude. Like, his job basically is, like, to figure out um, the competition, our like, Lululemon's competition, Mm -hmm. and then also just, like, see how Lululemon measures up. Um, So he, from, like, a brand side, will... Um, take a look at like the campaigns that we're working on. So let's say for example, it's like a bra campaign. He'll work with like the brand manager and be like, okay, so like Reebok is doing this with like their bras. You know, Adidas is doing this with their bras. Um, What makes us unique and how can we also just kind of like innovate that whole space? Um, And then he literally just like drops the project and then is on to the next thing. So he just like, he doesn't even see it to the end. He just like drops his like bit of wisdom and then just like (laughs) leaves. And I was like, oh my God. Like it was just so interesting to me. But yeah, I just think that like the piece on curiosity was just like he said it and I've always like felt it too, where I. Um, you know was like at one point like down on myself for like oh you know like I went to school for graphic design and I you know don't do that anymore um I still think that like the like what I learned in school you know I don't use it all the time but um you know all like the communications and all of that like I has lent itself so well for me and also I like has led me into the path that like I wanna go in. Like I want to be able to like design for like social media. Like that's like such a huge realm now that people Mm -hmm. are, um, you know, figuring out like how, okay, like how does like text, like people are like reading so much text on screens now. So like, how does that move and um, things like that. So yeah, I think just like being curious and not getting stuck on like, okay, this is the one thing. Because if you think of two like traditional marketing, is very different now right so i think just like continuing to like ask questions and you know like have coffee with people don't you know like don't like play small um i think that that's like a really big thing
0: awesome okay well thanks a lot for coming on the podcast no thank you This episode was produced by myself, Josh Radestitz, and the team at UAMA Productions. If you like this episode, leave us a rating and share it with your friends. It helps everyone discover the show. Keep an eye out on UAMA's social or subscribe for our upcoming episode.